Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that brings out the storyteller and our guests using the songs that have embedded themselves into their memories. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Megan Canary, my little sister. I never asked her to send me a bio statement and didn't have time to make one up prior to recording this opening, so we'll just have to leave it at that for the moment. Let's get to the song stories. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that in post is what we like to say. Yeah, seriously, you need to send me something so I can actually characterize your existence in a way that's formal. Okay, real quick, here's the something formal and accurate. Megan graduated from Fort Myers High School two years behind me. She was big into theater and getting good grades and was voted most talented female her senior year. She went to Lee's McRae College up in North Carolina where she majored in musical theater and minored in dance, choreography, and music. She was a member of the school's dance company, Highlander Singing Troupe, Clogging Team, Acapella Tap Team, I'm not sure what that is, but that's what her bio says, and performed in numerous plays and musicals while there. She won Best Overall Performer her senior year. Since graduating, she's worked in many theaters along the East Coast of the U.S. She lived in New York, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina before returning to Florida to work at Broadway Palm Dinner Theater in the late 90s. She then worked on a cruise ship for two years as a singer-dancer and dance captain, circling the globe twice during her stint on the ship, visiting more than 40 countries. She then moved to Los Angeles in 2000, and has lived there ever since, working in the film industry in one way or another. She lives in West Hollywood with her significant other, Tony, and their daughter, Alessandra, and Pomeranian, Izzy. She's still an actress and is also a makeup artist for film and TV. She won Best Actress for a short film at the Idlewild International Film Festival in 2010. And last but not least, she's also been a nanny for nearly two decades. So there's that. Now back to the show. (laughs) Hi. That sounds good. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. Thank you for coming out and doing this. It's, I uh, it's am a, so excited. It's amazing. It's very surreal. And we're just going to get that out there. This mm-hmm. is very surreal, listeners. Um, Dorothy! <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, okay, now I, I always start with this sort of uh, baseline question of what was the musical background of your childhood. And since I was there, I'd like to see how it jives with what I read. Remember. I know. I Go was, for I it. was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder how many of my answers are going to be ones that you will expect. I know. Some that will be or like, something yeah, that exactly. will be completely different. Well, so how would you characterize the musical background of our childhood? Our childhood, uh, early, early childhood, I would have to say Barbara Streisand, Barry Manilow. What about a little Neil Diamond? A little Neil Diamond when he was singing with Barbara. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of uh, early, early childhood. Um, when you move into more of like elementary school, I would say uh, I listened to a lot of what my brothers listened to. Mm-hmm. I was always influenced more by those around me, I think. what would um, Okay, so what was Joe influencing you with? Queen. Of course. Of course. What was I influencing you Police. with? Police. Yes, good. We're and on then the you same always, page And then you always had the best albums. I always wanted to steal your albums. Oh, really? Because you had, you had The Police. You always had, you had Michael Jackson Thriller. I did. That was the same Christmas. And I believe, did you not have a Madonna in there somewhere? You, you're on it. Richard's like, yes! <laughs> no, this has come out during the show before. That first year that I asked for music, I I got uh, Police uh, Synchronicity, I got Michael Jackson Thriller, mm-hmm. and I got Madonna Like a Virgin mm-hmm. on tape. Yes. And, <laughs> it, and it was funny because for the longest time, I only listened to what you, Joe, and Mom would listen to. And then it clicked in my head one day, oh, 
I could go get my own music. So what like, was like? What do you remember identifying with as your first music of yours? Monkeys. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> the monkeys. <laughs> I was wh- I was not a cool kid. <laughs> and, and, and which was your monkey? Oh, Davy Jones. Why? Because he was so cute and he had that great accent. And I thought he was the same age as he was on the show oh, right. in 1981, right. not knowing that he was actually like in his 40s. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so the Monkees, did you, I know they were on you know, MTV because of the revival. Mm-hmm. Did you have their albums too? I had a ton of their albums, and I just actually found more in my closet at Mom's house. Oh wow! Because I'm here, you know, on vacation. Um, you need to get a tape deck and throw it in your your apartment out there. I have an I have a record player. Oh, these are records. These are albums. You have monkeys albums. Albums, LPs. Wow, that's something I don't yes, remember. I know. And Mom <laughs> actually, she brought some out with her last time she came out to visit. And there's more here, so I'm going to have to see how heavy my suitcase is and how many I can pack back in there. Because now, yeah, I have a record player. I listen to LPs now as much as I can. Monkeys? Monkeys. Are they um, still in rotation? Of my LPs? Yeah, no, yeah. just in general, it, in your yeah. musical stylings oh, yeah. in life. The monkeys not, stuck Not with as you. much, of course, as they used to be. But, um, yeah, if I can throw them in there. I, you know, I nannied for a long time, and I still do out in L.A. And uh, years and years ago, Sophie and Natasha, I used to play for them. Some monkeys, hmm. and they really, I think they enjoyed that. They still remember that to this day. Uh, what's the earliest musical memory you can recall if you just try to reach back to what would have flashed in there early? One of my earliest would probably be like You Light Up My Life. Um, that was one. Um, for some reason, Whip It by Devo? Yes. Right. Back in Missouri. Really? Uh, yes. Wow. I don't know why, but I wow. music I, back in Missouri. I Devil know. went down to Georgia. Devil what, went down to Georgia. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be it. Um, yeah. Hmm. Um, in elementary school at the villas, I recall you getting up and singing on stage. During the oh, are we getting to a song? Yes, we oh, are. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> well, I'll start that sentence over in just a little bit. I still have some more baseline questions okay, to ask you. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. Um, do you remember an early time that move music moved you? Same thing. <laughs> you know, that's mm, early on. No, not really. What about I mean, like the Sunshine Singers at Wesley. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, those that was my first like performing experiences were at the church. I couldn't tell you any of the songs we sang. Well, actually, no. Well, that was in high school, more like Amy Grant. Mm-hmm. We would sing with the church, things like that. Those were beautiful songs. But uh, but early on, I not much moved me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, not till later. Do you remember what song was playing when you had your first slow dance with a boy? Oh, I think it was Lady in Red. Oh, wow. Who, yeah. would, who would that have been? Anybody you're still friends with on Facebook? <laughs> um, I think he's married now. I don't know if I want to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was, that was the 80s. What do you care? No, I know. No. Uh, it might have been uh, – it honestly might have been Nate Winesett. Oh, Nate Winesett. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. I remember that guy. Soccer Him, player. Or it might have been Mike Kelly. I'm not sure which one it is. Someone like that. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, okay. So do you remember at the villas in third grade? Yeah. The, the, they would have after – I'm going to remember it the way I remember it. So I was it. in first grade. Right. I was in third grade. You were in first grade. Mm-hmm. They had after school movies mm-hmm. where they would play things like Yogi Bear – 
That's how I remember it. Anyway. See, I don't remember the movies at all. Well, of course, because you were. They had to switch reels and whatnot because these mm-hmm. were these were the early days. And and you, as a first grader, would mm-hmm. get up on stage with a microphone mm-hmm. and sing grown-up songs mm-hmm. to people in the audience. That's right. Yeah, that really happened. Yeah, take it away. It really happened. No, so that is my first song choice. We were, yes, we had just moved down to Fort Myers, Florida from Kansas City. We were at a brand new school, didn't really know hardly anyone. And they gave these opportunities to the kids at the school if you wanted to perform. And you could do anything. There were kids that did karate. And there were kids that did, you know, magic or juggling or whatever. But I would sing. But you had to go and sign up ahead of time, like I think on the Monday. And the movies were like on a Friday. And it was once a month maybe. And you would get up in the time that it would take for them to change the reels and do your performance. And the first few times I did it, I think I did um, On a Good Ship Lollipop. I sang All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. Mm-hmm. And those are the two I remember. So either the third or fourth time, what happened was is apparently the something happened with the film and they had to stop unexpectedly and they needed a filler right right and i was in the audience and i was like oh this is my chance yeah yeah so i go running up backstage running up and i said to the woman you know i i have a song i have a song she's like oh okay because they they knew i was solid they knew you know which i have to say just taking a step back i look at myself at that time and i'm I admire that little girl. Yeah. Like first Heck, yeah. grade, six years old. Belting it out. Belting it out. <laughs> and I had to – I remember the first time I walked into the office to sign up and the woman behind the counter was a little shocked because usually it was like fifth graders yeah, yeah, performing. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to sing. And you look at first graders now. They're little pipsqueaks. Good I Lord. know. <laughs> I know. They're little itty-bitty. And I told her I wanted to sing, and I told her what I wanted to sing, and she kind of looked at me like, okay, honey, but, you know, if you change your mind, it's okay. You know, if you get scared, it's okay. And I remember walking out that first day going, what's she talking about? Why would I, st- why would I quit? Why would I not do it? Does she know who I am? Like, I don't, I don't get this. So they kind of came to expect that I would sing every week. I always had a number prepared. I'd always rehearsed. You know, there was always a rehearsal ahead of time even. And so they'd see what you did and everything was good. So that day when the film broke down and I come running up there and tell them, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. They trusted me. Yeah, they're trusting you for a little Frosty the Snowman or something. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what they were trusting me with. And they said, well, what song would you like to sing? And I said, oh, I think it's called Sweet Inspiration, Where You Lead. Now – when you hear that title, what would you think? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, it seems benign they enough. They probably thought it was something. I told him, I said, something this from is church, something or from some, church. Some, like a kid's it sounds, it album. sounds like a church song. I yeah. said, this is a song that my brothers and my mom and I sing in the car. Yeah. So we remember the eight tracks we used to listen to in the car, oh, you yeah. know. And so they thought, oh, okay, great, great, you know, great choice. And I walked out on stage. And I began to sing the song you're about to hear. And not long into it, they discovered that it was completely inappropriate, completely wrong, not just to, pl- not just to sing for the elementary school, but for a first grader to sing it. <laughs> and they proceeded to escort me 
off the stage and in the was, middle of the song. And this was a cappella, right? Oh, all a cappella. <laughs> yeah, there was no music behind any of the any of the songs that we did. Everything was a cappella. And they removed me from the stage. And I was devastated. I had no idea why because I had no idea what I was singing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what getting satisfaction meant. <laughs> <laughs> Now I listen to it and I just I, – I love that little first grader even more. Well, I mean, and I love the fact that – I mean, I, as I told you before we started, I hadn't really thought hard along on this. I uh-huh. have a very bare-bones script. But that was like as I started, we got to talk and that was the first thing. Like I remember where I was sitting in the audience basically. Yes. And actually it was maybe not during that exact same time, but – it was the first time I like had an interaction with a girl. The girl came up and sat right next to me, and it was somebody who I had a crush on that I was super afraid of. So I got up and moved to a different seat. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was your wingman. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, this is uh, let's let's play it. This is uh, we're in the uh, the auditorium at Villas Elementary School in South Fort Myers. It would have been like 1981. Um, and this is Sweet Inspiration, Where You Lead, by Barbara Streisand from the original version of the movie, A Star is Born. Uh, you know, there's also no telling what a satisfied first grader might do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. So you made it, what, about a third of the way through that? I got it, too, yeah, where she talks about getting satisfaction. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and so real quick, we're going to clarify. You know, I knew that the Lady Gaga movie was a remake. I didn't realize that that was like the fifth one. So that was from the fourth version of mm-hmm. uh, Star is Born. Uh, thank you for clarification, both of you. As soon as I said it, they both looked at me like, like where you been? <laughs> um, you ever sing that um, like karaoke or no, something? It seems t- like that would be. Yeah, why really, not? I want to. You should make a trip to karaoke just to just sing to that. Sing that one. I know you, it's not one you can't really find it very easily at karaoke. So, hmm. but no, I I would love to do that one now. You know, because of the way music and memory works. Uh, it's very likely that there is at least one person on this planet who still remembers that. <laughs> you know what I mean, whether it be the teacher who took you off. I know. I mean, what stories were told in the office or the bat? You know oh what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Like, I there, can only there imagine. There must have been a they, whole little thing around that. They probably bored laughing back in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and they had to be so stern with me. But well, no, exactly. They probably got a huge kick out of it. So where does Barbara Streisand fit into your life today? You still listen to a lot I of it? I still listen to her. That song. Um, it is from A Star is Born. However, the version that we always heard, and it, that's the same version, is from her Greatest Hits Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Mom had that album. Heavy rotation on the 8-track. I've had two CDs of it. Lost the first one. Still have the second. I have an LP of it as well. I play it now for uh, Allie, for my daughter, Alessandra. Mm-hmm. Um, I sing songs from it. You know, Memory, Evergreen. And that was the other song. That was the thing. When they asked me, what song do you want to sing? It was either this song. They being me. Oh, no, they being the teachers oh, at right. the Oh, right. Okay, I thought you meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to choose between Evergreen and this song. That would have been more benign, right? Oh, yes. It would have changed <laughs> my course of my history. history. <laughs> Forever, yes. But I thought, no, this is my one chance to get to sing that song, and so I took it. Okay, so you were singing like that as a first grader, and then you proceeded into a, you know, your primary years were all about performance, mm-hmm. where, you know, dancing, singing, acting, the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. Um, just talk a little bit about that. Was that just an obvious choice for you? Because it seemed like it to me. It you know, Joe was. was. The, Joe was the numbers and trajectories Computer-y, computers yeah. guy, and I was like the golfer, basketball player, mm-hmm. baseball guy, and you were the performance arts person. I was the person. arts and entertainment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it always was. I mean, I... The opportunities that came to me were a lot 
less than they are now for people. Uh, you know, the, my performance at that time was through our church usually. Yeah, I was yeah. in the children's choir. On occasion, I would get to sing with the adult choir. Uh, I would also get to do solos here and there during church services. Uh, we'd always had the Christmas play. the mother, Gold daughter, Frankenstein and Myrrh. Yes, mother-daughter <laughs> banquet, things like that. I would get to perform. But it wasn't until, you know, I got to do a play in eighth grade, I think. And then it wasn't until high school that I actually got to perform and see where I fit in. In in all the performers and singers out there, you know, I thought I was good, but it wasn't until I got into high school that I started to get a little validation on that a little more so. What was the first show that you were in as a freshman where you got some of that validation? Do you remember? Grease. Ah. Yes. I got to play Sandy as a speaking, freshman in Greece. Speaking of songs that were on rotation at the house, uh-huh. I, I also remember oh, and the Grease 8-track. Yes, track the Grease 8-track was huge. Also in that first, first grade year, I could have sang something from Greece. Right. Uh, yeah, no, that was huge in our house too. And so when they did it my freshman year of high school, I, you know, I was auditioning and I, I thought, oh, maybe I'll get cha-cha because I had been dancing. You know, maybe I'll get to be one of the, you know, Frenchie or, you know, one of the other girls or something. But I... I miraculously was cast as Sandy. Um, we had two casts, I will say. So there was a senior Sandy and their cast, and then I was Sandy of our cast, and it was an amazing experience. I mean, I just the, – the faith that they gave this little newcomer was – yeah, that was, a, that was big. That was special. Were there two whole casts, or were there just two leads that interchanged? There were pretty much two whole casts. The only character that – Cross for both casts was Jason Nail. Uh, Kanicki. As Kanicki, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Ellen, like Cha Cha and those, I think they were the same for all the casts. Um, hmm. But all the but the Pink Ladies and the T Birds were all different except for Kanicki. It's so interesting for me now watching Gwen go through this theater stuff because I kind of just ignored you guys. I mean, we, you know, I mean, no <laughs> yeah, offense. Yeah, but, no, I, I get mean, it. we would come, you know, you had your own little world and it seemed cool and fun. But I mean, we'd come to your performances mm-hmm. in the auditorium. But other than that, I really wasn't paying close attention to it. And now I look back and I'm like, God, I wish I could have got a little more of that Aww. good stuff because I realize now that that's like, you know, there's a lot more cool kids in theater than there are on the golf golf team. Oh. No offense, golfers out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were the other shows then in high school that were your – what were your peak shows in uh, high school? My other peak shows were my junior year. We did um, West Side Story mm-hmm. and I played Anita. So nowhere else again would I ever get to play a Puerto Rican <laughs> dancer. Of right. course, now I, I'm marrying – into does he dance? Uh, he does. Oh well, then so there he you does. go, full circle. Yes, no, he's. He, I mean, you know, couples dancing. He's wonderful, actually. Yeah, hmm. good tango. Um, I have a memory of you singing a Les Mis song mm-hmm. on stage, mm-hmm. Barbara B. Man. Is yes, that correct? Absolutely. What was that era? And that was like, was that a thespians thing, or that what was that? Was... And what was the song? Was it Castle on a Cloud? No, it was On My Own. And that was one of my early audition pieces, um, very early, before I realized that it was too popular and too many people sang it. Right, right. But the it was for, um, oh, it was a compet- it was a scholarship competition, Night of the Stars. I think it is that what sounds it was familiar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you like had scholarships to, and absolute, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. You had to audition to be in the show itself, and then. You performed, and they had so many people per category, and then each category you would get a winner, I, I guess, and you would get some kind of a scholarship. And I think I was only a 
I was a freshman or sophomore at that time. I was very young to be in it. Were you um, wearing like a little dress? I was. I was wearing a little, a little blue and white dress. You guys were so far up. But you know, the the crazy thing about that was that earlier that day. I was going to say, wasn't there was some sort Tampa. of like a Herculean effort on mom's yes. part to get I you there on Tampa. time? I was in Tampa. We were at Thespian State. I was in, So I must have been at least a sophomore. We were at Thespian State in Tampa, and the three of us that I can remember, three or four of us, no, I think it was three, that were performing had to drive back early. And somehow I misunderstood what time we were meeting or it was sabotage, who knows. Oh, no, one, of your, one of your fellow thespians. <laughs> and I do say that jokingly. But <clears throat> I missed the ride home. They left without me. They said, we're not waiting anymore, and they left without me. And I called mom and cried, and she – I can't believe she did it, got in her car from Fort Myers, drove all the way up to Tampa in like an hour and a half, got me, drove me back. I was changing in the car, putting on makeup in the car, drove up straight up to Barbara B. Mann. They moved me from the middle of the show to the last number to perform. And I literally walked in, walked on stage and sang. And uh, yeah, that was that was quite a night to stand on that stage and to look out into that audience. I mean, that's that's quite an experience for anyone who performs to get to do that. You know, solo solo performance. I've done no, tons yeah. of dance performances. <laughs> I was going to say, stage, yeah, you know, Gwen's but, done the ensemble thing, mm-hmm. or you know, but yeah, just by yourself. To stand in the there of by the yourself is it's 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 a good moment. How did you? Good you moment. did good. I remember. You I did good. fine. I did fine. I didn't win. Right. And that was fine. I was up against uh, Wendy White yeah, and yeah. Sonia. Um, I can't remember her last name, but she sang from Dreamgirls, mm-hmm. I'm Changing, which was – I literally just got goosebumps now I thinking about them. her performance. Yeah. yeah. So I was all good with not winning. It was it was just fine. How did you choose Lise McRae as your college? I chose it uh, – ultimately, I chose it because of money. I mean, it came down to we were looking at colleges. I had always wanted to go to Tisch in New York. And, you know, we had to have that tough conversation at home. I remember when we were applying for colleges and you have to pay every time you apply. And mom actually had to sit me down and say, I don't think we should apply because even if you get it, we can't afford to send you. Mm -hmm. Because there weren't really scholarships and grants, I don't think, for that school. So I looked at other schools that had good musical theater programs. My stipulation was is I wanted to be able to dance in the dance program. I didn't want to have to be in musical theater dance. I wanted to literally dance and do musical theater. And there were only a few colleges that would allow that. And it got down to the between Lise McRae in North Carolina and Webster in St. Louis. And we kept going back and forth. Mom was on the phone with them like a little manager. Oh, I can see. You know, it. <laughs> what, well, what can you give her? Okay, what can you give yeah. her? Because they were both they were both kind of after me, and they were throwing grants my way and scholarships. We were bound to determine not to do a student loan, which thank God we didn't end up doing any student loans. I mean, that was now I understand how amazing that is. Yeah. But uh, it ended up that Lise McRae just had, you know, a few more options for me and ended up being cheaper. Ended up being cheaper than going to FSU, which Mm. I could have gone to. Um, I was also accepted there. And uh, so I chose Lise McRae. We went up and and looked at the campus. Mom and I drove up there once and we looked and it was so absolutely beautiful. If anyone's been up in the the high country, it's, you know, it's just outside of Boone. It's in a little town called Banner Elk. There's one stoplight, or at least there was then in, you know, 92, and it's the most beautiful area and great people. And it was a small Presbyterian college, had a great musical theater program and dance program, 
And mom liked it because she could call the front office and say, hey, can you get my daughter on the phone? And <coughs> yeah. everyone knew, you know, you could go find me easy. So that's how I chose that one. And I'm so glad I did. Peak uh, musical um, experience there? Uh, at Lee's McRae? Well, a musical experience. Um, yeah, like a show you did. Well, with just well, it wasn't in the college, but just outside there was a community theater that um, we would get to perform with on occasion, and it was with that theater that I got to do Forty Second Street. Got to play Peggy Sawyer, which was my favorite role of all time, Peggy Sawyer in Forty Second Street, and also I uh, did Wendy in Peter Pan. I saw that one, which I also brought down to Broadway Palm. I got to play Wendy at Broadway Palm Dinner Theater here in Fort Myers, and uh, that was a fun role. That yeah, I could I could play both of those roles forever, <laughs> except I'm too old now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's other kinds of roles than you mm-hmm. can play now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I want to just get this whole arc in there. And then so you finished college. You moved to New York. Mm-hmm. You were there for how long? Uh, well, I finished college. Did you and go to I New actually, York next no, or did I you go on the boat next? I did not go to – no. I went to college and then I came back and performed at Broadway Palm. Okay. Um, actually, before that, I did Seaside Music Theater in Daytona Beach. <clears throat> then I went and did Broadway Palm, worked for them for about a year and a half. Uh, also transferred up to Dutch Apple. They have up in Pennsylvania. Oh, right, 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 right. And it was from... Was that still Will Prather back then too? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The whole Prather clan. I love them. Um, And this actually leads into my second song because I... uh, We used to go from the Pennsylvania theater and we would drive into New York to do auditions for Broadway shows, for bus and truck tours, you know, whatever they had. And uh, the next song I have... Well, let's sidle on up to okay. it. Okay. So that the next song was a song that was actually chosen for me in college by my vocal professor, Steve Parrish. Very likely – no, not very likely – was my favorite vocal coach I ever had. He understood my voice. He didn't try to make me a soprano. I'm not a soprano. Uh, he understood that I was a belter and he, he was himself. So he knew exactly how to teach me. And the song – was chosen for from him for me to sing for auditions because many auditions when you're when you're you know going out for whether it's for Broadway or just for you know scholarship things you only get to sing like 16 bars right so you have to you know it has to be a good one it has to show a good range yeah. it has you know it's hard it's it's like choosing a song for this program yeah. you know you can have a great song but it might not have a good 16 bars so he chose the song for me, and at first I didn't really care for it, but as I started singing it, it definitely grew on me. Um, I used it for a lot of auditions. In particular, uh, why I chose this song is, you know, it was the one that I always had in my back pocket. As a performer, you had a book, and you had all your sheet music of anything. If, if they wanted to hear a rock opera song, you had one. If they wanted to hear a ballad, if they wanted to hear a country song, you had to have each one of these things in your repertoire sheet music with you. And this was my go-to if I needed to. But I was so tired of it by this time. You know, I'd been singing it for a couple years. I was kind of tired of it. So I was starting to try out new music and new new options. And this one particular time we we were working, we were doing Grease again. I've done Grease three times as up to this point. Uh, at this point, I was playing uh, Patty Simcox at the Dutch Apple. And I loved playing that role. It was so much fun. 
Uh, we drove into New York City uh, probably after the Sunday matinee, and we would audition all Monday and then drive back Tuesday to perform Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon. And this particular time, uh, you know, we wanted to pack in as much as we could. You know, you'd wake up in the morning, you'd open up your backstage West or no, your backstage. Sorry, I'm backstage West now. <laughs> backstage magazine and you'd see what was auditioning that day and, you know, you'd plan accordingly. And this particular day, there were four auditions that I was hoping to get to, which was a lot. Uh, but they were pretty close to each other. I think two or three of them were in the same building even. The first was uh, Beauty and the Beast. They were looking for Broadway replacements. Uh, it was what they call an open call, and which means you can go if you're non-equity because I wasn't equity at that right. point. You could go and you could still audition. But the downfall of that is you would go, you would sign in in the morning, and then you would have to wait. All the equity people would have to audition, and if time you permitted— You were like overflow, basically. Oh, yeah. If time permitted, they would— you know, they would entertain you, the idea of letting you perform. So I went in, signed in for that, and then went to my other auditions. The other one, one of them was Big, okay. the musical. It wow. was for a national tour. I don't recall that being a musical. I don't think it was. Didn't have I don't think it legs. lasted too long. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was is I didn't even get to I didn't even get to audition because I got there and they, it was one of the typecasting ones where they'd line oh, you they up and they just kind of look next. at you. Yeah, they were obviously looking for a specific right. type. So, But you still have to wait and that's still time out of your day. So that was the first one. The next one that I went to was uh, for Victor Victoria National Tour. And I went in there and that was a dance audition for me because that was the thing is I could go in and I could either go as a singer or as a dancer you know, depending upon what the show was, what I felt like they needed. Right. So that was a dance audition for me. And, you know, at that time, I don't know what the kids do nowadays, but, you know, you'd go into – we'd be staying in Queens with some friends of ours who had a – you know, a, a, an apartment. You'd pack up all your stuff. You'd have your music. You'd have all your dance shoes. You'd have dance wear underneath your little – my little powder blue suit and your character heels. And, you know, it's just so much that you'd be carrying around all day long. And so I went in with my dance clothes, and I'm doing this dance audition, and I'm looking around, and all the girls are like 5'9 and up, and I'm not even 5'6. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to get this. That's okay. So, But I still had a great audition. It was always you know, a good experience. After that one, I went back to the Beauty and the Beast. Uh-huh. Sat there for a few more hours because I, I was like, this is the one I want. You know, They're looking for a replacement bell. Right. For soon, and I was like, "This is it! This is it!" And sat there and waited and waited and waited, and they came to us and said, "I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to see you." Today. <laughs> I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" So by that time, did you start time, singing right there? I know, no kidding. So by that time, I was exhausted. I mean, this was already a full day. You know, I'd been dancing. I'd been, you know, it was just it had been a full day, and I was tired and I was a little defeated. You know, because I didn't get to perform two of them, and it was kind of, I felt like it was kind of a wasted trip. And there was one last audition I could go to, and that was for a cruise line. And I thought, I just don't even want to go. I don't want to go. I'm tired. I'm not going to get it. This is the way the day's gone. Forget it. And a voice in my head said, go. Get off your butt and go. So I listened to it, and luckily I did. And that I always listened to that voice. So I walked up the stairs 
to because it was in that building. So what excuse did I really have? I walked up the stairs and walked into this little room with a piano and talked with them. And they said, well, what do you have to sing for us? And I hadn't even thought. I was like, I was so tired by that time. Right. I could barely see straight. So I pulled this next song out of my pocket, my good old standard. And it's called What Did I Have? I Don't Have Now. And it's from the movie On a Clear Day. Uh, it's normally – in that movie, it's it's actually sung by Barbra Streisand again. Of course it but, is. Uh, but I didn't want that version. I just chose this version that you have. Uh, it's just a good, you know – showcase of the song itself, but it's one that I sang. And I sang it, and I could see as soon as I started, their faces kind of light up. And I thought, oh, okay. I might be crazy. I know. I might. This might be interesting. <laughs> and then they asked for another song. And then I got to sing another song. And do you know what song I sang next? Sweet Inspiration? No. <laughs> God Help the Outcast from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was my ballad. And then they asked me to come back and dance. My daughter was just in that, by the way. Listeners Which wondering is, why that's yeah, significant. So that Continue. Is, <laughs> exactly. That's why that's – I couldn't believe that. Uh, and then they asked me to come back and dance for them. And it was at that – the callback because I was joining all the callback people. I didn't even get to do the first dance audition. I was joining the callback and uh, and I could tell they really liked me. They really did. And I did. I got a call maybe a few days later or a week later at the most, saying they wanted me on the ship. They wanted me, you know, to meet them in England or meet them in New York for a rehearsal. Then we're going to go off to England. We're going to be doing a world cruise around the world, blah, blah, blah. But my contract was supposed to start a week before Greece was to end at the Dutch Apple. So I had to get permission to leave, um, which Will graciously gave me. And um, someone had to learn my part and fill in for me that last week. And it was hard to leave that role. I really did enjoy it. But it was all due to this one song. I mean, who knows? If I would sang another one, it might not have worked out that way. Mm. So who is this version by? This? How do you pronounce that? Is it's it Edie Gourmet. Edie Gourmet. Yeah. A, is that really how you spell it? I guess so. That's the mm-hmm. way it was. I know. And that, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, let's hear it. Let's, uh, let's imagine uh, Megan uh, uh, in an uh, audition room. Where, yeah. Whereabouts in Manhattan are we talking here? Geographically place it Oh, I don't us. even know if this is probably 8th Street Dance Studios probably, okay. more than likely. All right. Well, let's hear it. This is uh, What Did I Have That I Don't Have Now by Edie Gourmet. So for those kinds of auditions, you would have been accompanied by someone on a piano? That's yes. what the sheet music was for? Yeah. Do you remember what 16 bars were your bars? Well, we would splice them, we would splice them together. Okay. Um, you would say, pick it up here? And yeah, we would, we would pick up, you know, you'd pick up maybe the second verse a little bit, and then you'd want to tie the end onto it. So there was a lot of, you know, cutting and splicing and white out and tape and... And uh, and then you never knew who your piano player would be. Right. That was always the worry. Sure. You know, it's like, I know what I'm going to do, but I don't know what they're going to do. And believe me, I've been at some auditions where those people, I was like, I can play piano better than you. Can so... you give us a little bit here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Richard's nodding. Really? Oh, my God. Uh, what did I have that I don't have? What was the charm that I've run dry of? Wouldn't I be the late great me if I knew how? Oh, what did I have I don't have now? 
that was probably the 16 bars. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And you don't really even sing much anymore, I do don't. You? I don't really belt at all. I can't believe you had me do that. That's oh, so funny. well, you did pretty darn good. Oh, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> now, when you were on the boat, were you guys performing that kind of music? Is that? Do you think that that, cho- that choice sort of resonated with their audience you on know, the boat? No, I do. It probably Because I listen did. to it now, and I'm kind of like, it's kind of got that like big bandy kind of thing jazzy, going. Jazzy, 70s. Jazzy, kind, yeah. yeah. Well, the ship that I worked on that that time was uh, for 50 and over. Right. So it probably would have been perfect. I had no idea that, you know, when I auditioned that that's the target audience that I would be performing yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. But no, uh, most of our shows, we had a Gershwin show. We had a Cole Porter show. Right. We had a Ports of Call. Uh, you know, so different. We had all sorts of different shows that we did. We had up to nine, I believe, the second year because I went out and did it, worked on the ship again. Uh, that's I lived in New York in between. So I went okay, out. That's I, what yeah, it was. so I got the ship job. I worked, for, I think, a six month contract. Went back to New York, lived for five months or so, and then got called to come back out again. They wanted me back. So I went back out for like a seven-month contract. And, uh, and yeah, so it was, it was good times. such a – oh, my God, so many good times. And that's the thing totally about – Totally worth it. I know you have people tell you it's so hard to choose songs. I have so many good stories in my life. I've done so many amazing things, but I just didn't have music to attach to them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, I think about the things we did on that ship. Ooh. Um, what you don't realize that the crew is doing when the passengers oh, yeah. go to sleep. Well, I'm sure there's probably <laughs> TV shows made about that sort oh, of thing. Oh, I think there is. Um, uh, your first concert. My first concert memory is a memory that I have. What would what do you remember as your first concert? My first concert again was the Monkees at the Charlotte County Fair. Is that where it was? Yeah. Okay. I don't good. Re- uh, it was Monkees, Herman's Hermits, and Gary Puckett, Gary Puckett, and, Puckett and Union, Union Gap. Gap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were both there. We yes. Were, yes. Oh, that's. So oh, and I was just. I was. It was the uh, bicentennial or something. Something like yeah, that. They were big... on their reunion tour. We drove. Uh, it was the mm-hmm. Charlotte. County Fair, okay. and we saw the monkeys. Yeah. And I've told that story many times, so I'm glad that you confirmed it as yes. real. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have a live, like a peak live music experience, like a band that blew you away or a, a you know what I mean? Like seeing music live, has there any, been anything you know, that sticks out? I have to say I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. I don't go see a lot of live music. A lot of the music, um, if I have, it's been at festivals. Right. And... Um, I don't remember a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's fine. We've come across the that too. The festivals were that great. Yeah. And I was enjoying them. Sure. So much that uh, Absolutely. I don't necessarily. I mean, I know I've seen Alice in Chains. I've seen, I mean, I've, I've seen all You've got a of list people. of bands you've seen, but you can't yes. recall the oh, seeing you know, actually, them. Actually, the my favorite live musical performance or experience was I was lucky enough to go see the Grammys one year. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. I saw the Grammys because uh, my friend Penny and her husband Scott got tickets. Uh, He played, you know, for Lincoln Park for a little bit uh, at the beginning of their launching career mm-hmm. and we they had tickets for the Grammys and we got to go one year and I got to see uh, – I saw Madonna. How far back were you? I, oh, we were pretty far back. How far back does it go? <laughs> it goes back pretty far, but uh, they have big screens, so you can watch those too. So, but, and you can still see them. I got to see um, uh, Beatles. What's his name? Sorry, I'm having a mom, a baby, baby brain moment. John McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney, yes. I got to see him perform. I mean, I just got to see people that I would never get to again. 
Yeah, sorry. My, I, I, I was up very early with the baby. She's do four you, months old today. Do you have any <laughs> – congratulations. Thank outside. you. Do you have any um, – um, let me phrase this correctly because it's a variation on how I normally ask it. Do you have any TV game show theme songs that you've been on that you can hum? <laughs> You know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's right. Isn't that the theme song? Yeah, Is that right? It. Okay, good. So, so the, oh, just hilarious. real quick, how did that come about? You and that mom was, were yeah, in the mom, and, mom came out to visit me one time in L.A. She says <laughs> all the time, we're always trying to find new things to do. And, and you know, anyone can go and, and stand in line at the prices Right. And, uh, you know, you, it's a whole day's process pretty much. You go, you stand in line, then they have to interview every single audience member. I don't think people realize this. Right. They're profiling and They you. are. They're absolutely profiling so, yeah. you to choose their contestants. And I even said to her – Did you have to sign like a nondisclosure agreement that you're mm-hmm. breaking now? No. Oh. No, it's past the 10 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I even said to her, I was like, oh, they're probably not going to pick me. I'm from West Hollywood. Like I live here. They want people, you know, yeah. all Americans, you know, Midwest, either servicemen. Well, that's true. But, you know, <laughs> I just thought there's no way. And then they give you numbers. And we got our numbers and she had 55 – and I had probably 54. And I said, you have to trade me. And oh, she wow. did because 55 is like my number. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they tried like to pick her number. or no? No, because no, they called your I just, name. I was just right, like right, right. holding yeah. the 55. I had a good feeling. I said, I think I'm going to be called. I'm going to be called. And she's like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be called. And the whole show, we're sitting there, the taping, the contestants are going up. People are winning. People are losing. And the very, very last contestant called was me. Uh-huh. And I couldn't even he- – you don't even hear it. The audience, it's – you know, the sound is in a way that you don't hear them, but they hold up a sign. With your name with on it. With your name on it that says, Megan Canary, come on down. And I was like oh. – Pretty sure Drew Carey said Kennery or something, didn't he? I have no right, idea. I was, I was in this bubble of euphoria and I was one – and I thought, oh, I'll be so cool if they call me. No, 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 no. I jumped up. Lost I was one. I lost my – yeah, if you're allowed to say that, I lost my <laughs> Jumped up. I was crazy. I think I leapt over people, walked over people, people, ran down the thing. Hugging you know. people. Oh, my God. I was so excited. And I got down there, and so I only got to bid on one What was it showcase. you bid on? Do you remember? It was a camping showcase. <laughs> they had camping gear. I think there, there might have been like a motorcycle with it or something. Um, and Were you even close? I was close, but you know what? The person who bid the right after me did the, did the one dollar. Yeah. Oh, the one dollar. And I. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I think I, I think I would have gotten it if he hadn't done that. But yeah, I totally forgot about what a that fun option. Time. I actually ripped that, that video fun. off of ABC or whoever's website. Yeah, it's and I on have it YouTube. On my, I think. Well, I have it on my Facebook page, mm. so if you go into my videos, you can watch it. Um, yeah, I'm sure that probably is not legit, but I did it. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite <laughs> musical? Favorite musical? Oh, um, well, my all-time favorite musical would be Les Mis. Okay. Um, I, you know, I've seen the, I've seen it. I saw it in New York. I love it. I know all the, all the music, all the words. Um, 
lately, though, I love the music of Wicked. Mm-hmm. I have not been able to sing it, see it yet. No. Um, it's in L.A. right now. So maybe when I go back, I'll be able to get a ticket, Pantages. But uh, I love the music of Wicked. Uh, it's the same composer, Schoenberg does. Mm-hmm. And I love all his, his uh, pieces. I'm drawn to them. They speak to me. And uh, the role of Alphaba, I would love to play someday. You know, I'm, I think I'm too old for Eponine in Les Mis for On My Own. I'm probably past that time. Probably. But Alphaba would be something that I would I would love to play someday, if at all possible. Do you have a favorite musical movie? Oh, I wonder what that might be, Mike. Uh, my favorite musical movie, of course, is The Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. I wasn't even thinking that. And that's yeah, where we're going to go next. You what weren't thinking that? Oh, I... segue. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know, Grease is probably up there. because oh, it's, it's up you know, there, yeah. I just, you know, yeah. But yeah, obviously, Wizard of Oz is Ex- a yeah, musical movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's my favorite movie of all time anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to your third song then. Okay. What is your third song, Megan? Mm-hmm. I wonder. Gee. Hmm. Dorothy. Dorothy. Uh, no, obviously, Over the Rainbow. Uh, uh, first of all, it's a song that has been attached to me my whole life, practically. You know, we go back into the early days of Wesley Memorial and mm-hmm. Mike and his his crew of, of boys. The and Ragu Tour team. The Ragu Tour team. And... Uh, we used to make fun of you, you lovingly, f- open-heartedly. I understand that now. Uh, yeah, well, and why wouldn't you? I mean, here I am, a you know, second and third Did grader. Did you actually have a cat in a basket skipping around the pool, or is that just sort of no, memories I, I hyperbole? I did, and it was Simon, the really mean cat. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know yeah. How I and did you that. like recorded the. If I have this correct, mm-hmm. you used a tape deck to record the annual mm-hmm. screening of Wizard of Oz, and then you even transcribed the I screenplay, tried, I basically. I tried to. I even ha- Mom still has it in a spiral notebook with a pencil. I would write out the script from an audio tape. Right. And I got all the way through The Scarecrow and thought, oh, this is crazy. So <laughs> I, then I decided to write MGM. And this is like you're like a fourth grader yeah. or something. <laughs> so I wrote MGM, no one in particular, just MGM studios and asked them if they would send me a script because it was my favorite and I was trying to, you know, put on a production with all my friends. I had cast all the roles. We were holding, you know, rehearsals and um of course never heard back from them. I think the letter actually came back to me right, <laughs> because right. it didn't go anywhere real. Uh but no, that was always, you know, I always wanted to play Dorothy. I always wanted to do it and I actually did get to play Dorothy when I was a, either a junior or senior in high school, a community group came into Fort Myers called the Missoula Players. I remember that. And uh, they were doing the Wizard of Oz. Where, and they they, would... they were, where was that performed? It was like – I'm trying to think because it, it wasn't even almost a traditional theater lo- location if I remember correctly. I couldn't tell you. Now. I, could, I can see it. Right. I can see it. It was more of like an auditorium. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I couldn't tell you like which. And you got to play Dorothy. And I got to play Dorothy. I mean, we had, and this was all the, I mean, Wizard of Oz. All the girls of all ages came out to audition for that. And for the audition, they they had you sing Happy Birthday. Oh, awesome. And that's another thing. You never know what you're going to show up, you know, have to do when you show up to these auditions. So that you sang Happy Birthday and... Just by me singing that, they I was cast as Dorothy. Wow. And they knew not enough of your backstory. What do they care? They, well, they had – no, we, I'm sure we had resumes of sorts. Well, we I mean, had to I mean a, your deep roots with Dorothy. No, that they did not know. You're absolutely right. So that was – when they – and they pulled me – I remember, you know, we were all sitting there. They actually said, come out here in the hallway for a second. And they pulled me out and they said, we're going to cast you as Dorothy. And I – Again, lost my shit. Yeah, it was it was it was a good moment. And then to have 
my brother and his friends actually come to the performance. And I do remember laying on the stage at the very beginning and like the lights come – I think the lights had just come up and I'm laying on the stage supposedly asleep and I hear, (laughs) Dorothy! And I knew all was right with the world. <laughs> I was like, everything has finally come together. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. But uh, but no, The Wizard of Oz and, and Over the Rainbow, I've always loved that sh- that movie. I've always loved the song. Um, I'm, I'm very protective of it. I don't like hearing it done a lot. You know, it's obviously it's overdone a lot and not done very well many times. <laughs> right. Um, so when it is done well, I'm very appreciative of it. Uh, this particular version that you have, I discovered, oddly enough, while I was working at an Ethiopian restaurant in Los Angeles, my the owner, uh, Gannett, uh, Meals by Gannett, wonderful, wonderful place. She loved to play different kinds of music, and she introduced me to Eva Cassidy, a lovely woman uh, who passed away from cancer uh, many years ago. Uh, she just has an amazing voice. I love hearing all of her all of her musical choices and CDs. I have a few of them. But this version of Over the Rainbow is my absolute favorite. And not just my favorite version, but it's my favorite song in the world. Like this version of this song is my favorite. And, you know, it has this wonderful moment you'll hear uh, towards the end where it crescendos. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's, when you talk about excuse me music Music that that moves moves you you. this was and is and it still does every time Um, I chose it sorry I chose it for today um, because uh, the story that goes along with this particular song because it's not just you know for my lifetime But three years ago, I uh, was pregnant with my first daughter, and we unfortunately lost her while I was in labor. And after we lost her and I delivered her, um, Tony, my my love, uh, we got – and my mom was there – we got to spend time with her. Uh, we got to do all the all the wonderful, beautiful things that you do with your newborn. You you know, we got to dress her and bathe her and and we got a lock of her hair and we spent a few hours with her. And during my pregnancy I'd remembered that Tony said many times he couldn't wait to hear me sing to our daughter. And I right before we were about to leave her, we knew that I knew the time was coming that I had to say goodbye. And I was sat there holding her, and I thought, "What else? What else do I need to do? I don't want any regrets, you know." And I remembered Tony saying this to me, and I thought, "What song can I sing? What lullaby? What am I going to sing to my daughter? One and only time." And of course. It was this song and this version. And thank God for YouTube because I pulled it up on my phone and, you know, the nurses are like waiting for us. And I was like, I need, I need another minute. And I pull this song up 
and I played it in the hospital room, in the delivery room where we were, and I played it loud, and I sang it as best I could to the top of my lungs for my daughter to hear, and had this out-of-body experience hearing myself in this moment and hearing the words of this song that I have heard and sang so many times in my life, and everyone knows the words and everyone knows what it is. And in this moment, the words meant something completely different. You know, it was, it just, it the entire song changed to me in that moment. 41 years of that song disappeared in this one moment, and it created something completely different for me. And, I mean, still, the song is my favorite of all time. And, you know, just to be able to do that with her, with McKenna, was, like, amazing. Well, let's listen to it. Yeah. We're not afraid to blubber in the studio on this show. (laughs) Yeah. There's some blubbering going on. Is it still that same new song? Yeah, yeah, because I can hear it and, you know, referring to, you know, over the rainbow. It's not just about your dreams of your life, but, you know, holding her and singing that. It was like she's over the rainbow and this is, she was my dream come true, which now we have beautiful Alessandra. Let's bring that back to a happy place. Have you sung it for her? I have not. What? I started to one day, and then I, I kind of had to it was, stop. It wasn't, yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't right. right. Yeah, yeah. No, I have other other things that I, I'll sing for her, but yeah. You're going to get to watch that movie with her someday. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't spoil it by saying all the words. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's okay. I mean, watch, watch her with it once uh, when she's really young so you can spoil it all and it won't bother it her. Won't, there you go. And then watch her with her, with her, you know, watch it with her again later when yeah. she's older. Yeah, Gwen's at that age now where I get to watch all these, you know, great movies. Oh, I know. And it's such a, I, I'm so happy that you guys that? got that ahead of you. Me oh. too. Me too. Um, let's talk about bands that almost made it onto your list. You said you had so many, you know... So much music to choose from. Was there a fourth that you had to? Uh, the fourth that I was playing with kind of, but the, the, I didn't have a great story to tell. It was a very, just a small moment was um, a Living on a Prayer. Oh. Yes. Is it Bon Jovi? <laughs> yeah. That song is absolutely identified with my best friend, Rachel Peacock. Right. Uh, we... Fellow WGZU staffer. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. It was also Sonelli Popowitz's. Oh, right. First yeah, song. yeah. That, oh, that's was a, it? Yeah, that's oh, a, nice. I'll have to go back and listen to that one. Yeah, it was what brought him, it, it brought like the, the devil into his life. <laughs> 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 or, you know, sort of jokingly, oh, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, she and I would listen to it, you know, years ago. And, and there was a moment where we would listen to it, and her mom was gone, and we were at her house with all uh, the kids in the neighborhood, and we were standing on the kitchen table able to sing it at the top of our lungs. So that song, I just I identify with her for my, my entire life. It'll be at the at my wedding. I will play that for her. I know. Um, uh, can you recommend any bands that are yet you like that you don't think most people know about? And you can just say I don't know. Um, I think most of the things I probably do listen to are, are pretty popular. Um, I don't, I'm not. I wish I was of the underground world. Yeah, that's you know, you think never I been, would be, uh, but. Right. I mean, I live right in the center of all of it. 
in L.A. and in West Hollywood, and I should be, but I'm I'm just not. Do you have any like uh, famous musicians in your circle? You know, people that are just like whether you live near them or whatever. Um, or you cross paths with them because I know you probably see people all the time out there. I I mean, I had some tenants in my building before who had been um, apparently, you know, in rock. Uh, in rock. In rock. <laughs> in, in the rock genre. Um, Scott, like I said before, you know, he played with Linkin Park and we, we would go to their shows. This is before they had signed with their first contract. Right, they were, I remember they the were night, a local band. Yeah, they were more of a local band. I actually have a, an audio cassette of their demo. Oh, cool. Uh, that I just found not too long ago. Um, and we would go see them up at uh, up at the Roxy or, you know, the Palace and places in L.A. And and everyone seemed to like them and I didn't really understand it. And I kind of liked them. I thought, well, they might make it. Well, they yeah, yeah, yeah. totally did. Did you ever see any shows at that Whiskey? Because, you know, you're like a, I have a gone block to the away whisk- from the Whiskey. I have <laughs> gone. I've gone to the Whiskey. I've gone to the Viper. Um, interesting thing about those venues, though, are they're usually – uh, up and coming people performing now, and you you pay to play type thing. So oh, a lot of a so lot they're of, leveraging their their recognition absolutely. to make income off the bands instead of vice versa. Yeah, so you don't well, really that's go a and little see bit of inside Hollywood that I'm not too happy about. I know I was disappointed too. So you don't really go there to see. And the whiskey is tiny. Oh, I know. I oh, remember it's tiny. When I first visited you out there, I'm, I went in and used the bathroom. It was during the day. You know, I mean, it was like there was nothing going yeah. on. I just walked in. There was like one dude sitting at the bar. I went in Absolutely. took a picture with my little disposable it's camera. It's tiny, right? They have like six booths. Oh, yeah. And a couple tables standing. And then the stage is not very big at all. Yeah. Um, album that if you could only have one for the rest of your life to listen to, what would it be? Oh, God, that is really hard. Got to be some Barbra Streisand, Ooh. right? I don't, it's, either, <laughs> it's either that Barbra Streisand one or... The one I listen to, honestly, the most is probably The Eagles. Oh. Uh, one of their greatest hits. They're, it's a two-album one that Take I, I – All of those songs. I, yeah. love, I love them. And so they're, they're pretty much in Desperado. my CD player all the time in my car. Yep. Yep. Um, song you will always turn off if it comes up on the radio. Oh, my God. What is that stupid sweet symphony? Beep, 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 beep. Do you know that song that I'm talking about? Richard seems to. Oh my yeah. god! Uh, bittersweet Symphony. Yes, oh, Bittersweet Symphony. Symphony. And I know everyone. Really, I that know really everyone. awful video where the guy's just punching people walking down the street. Oh, I don't thing. even watch. Wasn't videos that somebody's song too? I don't think we've had that. No, I don't think we've had that. <laughs> but yet. that with the violins, it yeah, just yeah. It gets on the my verve. nerves. That as soon as it comes on, I have to turn it off. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Hey, man. You know, that's the weird thing about music is you don't get to choose what resonates with you and mm-hmm. what doesn't resonate mm-hmm. with you it just does and that's the magic that this is exactly um well that's it megan you got, yeah. you got any final thoughts uh, no I'm, I'm so glad i got to do this though me too i'm, I'm so really glad happy. that you're feeling better oh yeah <laughs> yes, yesterday neither you. one of us were potentially up for it yeah no not at all okay cool well thank you i really appreciate it thank you We make this podcast in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan is online content producer. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, I'm back in our living room in Fort Myers in 1980 or so, soon after we had moved down from Kansas City. One of the eight tracks that we had on what you might call heavy rotation was the soundtrack to the movie Grease, 
which we listened to not through a stereo, but a little talking robot named 2XL that was primarily designed to be a sort of trivia game. Each cartridge would have a theme like sports, or believe this or not, or astronomy. There was even one called the Guinness Book of World Records. It had four buttons on the front, and its tapes were cleverly designed so it would ask questions in this crazy high-pitched voice. Thank you for turning me on. Let me introduce myself. I am 2XL, the smartest toy robot in the world. And then prompt you to hit one of the buttons on the front, much like any 8-track player would have, that would jump you to another part of the tape where you would find out if you got the answer right or wrong. Kind of like choose your own adventure on an 8-track tape. It was very cool, and we had lots of fun with it. But in this case, me and Meg and our brother Joe were bouncing around the living room of our house on Treehaven Circle in the villa, singing at the top of our lungs. I could have picked almost any song off the soundtrack, but for this parting tune's purposes, I'm going with Look At Me, I'm Sandra D. Because, well, in retrospect, like a number of songs off the Grease soundtrack, our six, eight, and ten-year-old selves really had very little to no idea whatsoever what it was we were singing about. But we were singing it and loving it nonetheless. And I will always remember that little robot and the songs from Greece, and that sibling time together fondly. I'm Mike Canary. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I was fourth year of high school. Uh, we were on Christmas break, and I read a newspaper, and there was an article in there advertising the Royal Australian Navy four junior recruits. So I filled in the application form, sent it away, and April comes around and I'm in the Navy.